team, yeah, we off the leash. You could look us in the eyes and see we have peace. Black and gold, that's the colors when we go to war. When we step up on that field, you go hear my roar. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. Yeah, nobody hitting harder. Better keep your guard up, cause with everything we draw, we can score it when we wanna. Welcome to We're Live, Pal, a Podski Wee Wee post game show. The Tie Cats beat the Stampeders 22 to 15 and improved to 7 8 on the season and have officially punched their ticket to the Grey Cup playoffs. I am Mike Graham and I'm riding solo for right now. Josh just got home and he had no power. It is our hope that he can join us shortly, but until then, I'll do my best solo. So let's get ready right into the game cap. In the first quarter, the Ticats receive the opening kickoff and go two and out. The Stamps take over on their own 24. Calgary forced a punt after a couple first downs. Hamilton starts their possession on their own 33. The Ticats try to fake a punt, but the pass gets blocked at the line of scrimmage. Uh, an interesting play call there. I, uh, you know, earlier on in the game, trying to catch them off guard, I don't hate the fact that they're being aggressive, but... Uh, yeah, it didn't really work out for them, and uh, the Stamps take over at the Hamilton 50-yard line. Castantonis nails Bagleton over the middle, knocks the ball loose. It's incomplete. Calgary gets a field goal. It's 3-0 with 6.42 left in the first. The Ticats go 2-0 and out and punt again. Yeah, this was kind of a, a theme early on. The Ticats did not exactly come out blazing in the first quarter as per usual uh the stamps go two and out as well and punt they pin hamilton at their own 17 yard line now this is the beginning of matthew schultz coming into the game he comes in for a snap and runs for a first down but after that he's pulled and Powell comes in hamilton gets a holding penalty and can't recover they're forced to punt again it's three to nothing at the end of the first quarter so at this point in time we just think that this is a one-off, right? Like we don't know if Schultz Schultz is going to be in for the rest of the game or what's going on. But as we see, as the game goes along, it uh, they stuck with Schultz the whole way. The second quarter begins. Kadeem Gary fumbles after a catch, but the ball bounces right to Tucker for a 13-yard gain on first and 20. Calgary converts the first down and the play after. But the Stamps drive stalls at Hamilton's 23. They kick the field goal, making it 6-0 with 11-21 left in the half. Now Schultz comes in again, throws a bomb to Tim White, and he takes it to the house for a 70-yard touchdown. That was nice to see. You know, Tim White made a big play there. It's not a perfect pass from Schultz. He comes back to the ball, grabs it, and then runs about 30 yards to the house. So it was nice to see the offense come alive for the first time in the game. But Legio misses the extra point. It's 6-6 with 10-40 left in the half. 
And this has been a story for Legio. You know, he makes most of his field goals. He's been great field goal kicking. But for some reason, he just he has a problem with the extra points. Now, it's not all the time, but, you know, enough to take notice. So he has to clean that up. I know it's only a point, but you never know when a point could come back and bite you in the ass. Uh, Cam Judge gets a 15-yard penalty when he slams Gordon White into the field goal posts on the missed extra point attempt. Just a completely unnecessary play from Judge. Uh, a dirty one, and he deserved the penalty. He might deserve a fine as well. You know, it's just an unnecessary play, especially on that play where uh, there was no return or anything. And it was just, uh, you know, and then he was he was boasting later on in the game after a fumble recovery, I believe. So thumbs down to Cam Judge. Yeah, he's a bozo in this game. The Stamps are forced to punt at their own 47. Ticats take over at the 22-yard line. I'm just going to take a peek and see if Josh has entered the chat here. He is still not arrived, but uh, uh, let's keep rolling along. Schultz starts the drive again. He throws an interception to Cam Judge, so that's what it was. It wasn't a fumble recovery. It was an interception by Cam Judge. The Stamps have the ball at the Ticats 50-yard line. Hamilton stuffs them at the Ticats 45, and they punt. Ticats start the possession at their own 13-yard line. Schiltz hits Smith on a deep pass on a weird play where I'm convinced half the players thought it was whistled dead. So it's like the, you know, the offensive line quit playing, the defensive line quit playing. I think the only two players that didn't were uh, Matthew Schiltz and Keandre Smith, and Schiltz hits Smith down the sidelines for a huge game. Very, very strange. I've never seen that. I don't think I've ever seen that before in my, you know, 30 plus years of watching football on both sides of the border. Hamilton takes three. It's nine to six tie cats with 247 left in the half. Jamal Davis makes his presence felt as he bull, he bull rushes the interior lineman and gets the QB for the sack. This is encouraging to see uh, a guy that they just brought in along the defensive line from Montreal comes in. And he, he's a factor in his first game. I'm not even sure that we thought he would you would see him uh, today, but he, he, was, uh, he was out there making his presence felt for sure. And that's a great thing to see along the defensive line that has been a little bit lackluster this season after coming in, uh, you know, signing all those free agents in the offseason, coming into this season where we've been expecting them to get pressure on the quarterback, especially when you have a lackluster secondary that's lacking in uh, – an experienced minus guys like Richard Leonard and Adelike. So that was very nice to see the defensive line get pressured tonight. McAllister with a nice little return, offsetting penalties. Hamilton takes over at their 41 with 148 left in the first half. A nice gain on a screen to McAllister. Hamilton into Stamps territory at the 47-yard line. Now STE drops an easy catch. He was all by himself. It would have been a huge gain. Uh, unfortunately, he can't make the easy catch, so that's a that's a bad drop on him. But fortunately, Omar Bayless gets the first down on the next play with a gain of 19 yards. A nice catch and run on this play. Schiltz to Godwin for the 28-yard TD. A great adjustment to the ball by Godwin. It's 16-6 to with 103 left in the first half. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Godwin in the second half of the season. He's really stepped up his game. Uh, Calgary manages to get into field goal range, but Paredes misses the field goal at the end of the half. It's 16-6 to at the end of the second quarter. 
In the third quarter, Calgary gets into field goal range and makes it 16-9 with four minutes left in the third. Schultz starts the second half and runs for a first down. The Ticats end up punting at midfield. Stamps take over at their 14-yard line. Still no Josh. Oh, Josh, we miss you, bud. Where are you at? Uh, Mills fumbles and Sunderland recovers the Ticat ball. Go two and out. Stamps begin at their 38 with 430 left in the third. So the Ticats offense is not really doing anything in this third quarter. They hit a really strong lull. Um, you know, you don't want to see that from the offense, but it's bound to happen. You just don't want to see it last for a whole quarter, which I feel like this happened. Ticats putting together a drive with some running from Schultz and Butler. Screen pass to Butler loses six yards on first down. And then the screen pass to Butler on the on the next play is incomplete and they are forced to punt. It's 16 to 9 at the end of the third quarter. Fourth quarter, Ticats cover the punt well. Stamps have the ball at their 24. Jagari Davis gets called for roughing the passer. Ah, questionable call. Steinauer challenges, they look at it, and they still don't overturn it. This was a bad roughing the passer call, and I don't understand how the command center looks at that and, and still calls it roughing the passer. It was clearly underneath the chin strap, a shoulder to the chest. Yes, it was to the high chest, and I can understand why the refs would call it live in the moment because it did look a little high, but when you get the replay and you get to see these multiple angles, it's clear that it's not a high hit. It's not a Hamilton helmet. So you got to scratch your head at that. Uh, very unfortunate for the Thai Cats. Sales gets to Mare though for the sack on the following play. So they the defense make up for the you know the bozo call by the referees. It's second and long for Calgary. Calgary punts and Hamilton takes over at the Stamps forty six after a thirty nine yard return from Mister McAllister. Quite the game from him tonight. Schiltz connects with White on the sidelines for a nice gain. Calgary gets a sack on second down. The Ticats get three, which puts them up by two possessions. It's 19-9 with 9-11 left in the fourth quarter. The Stamps put together a drive, but it stalls at the 32-yard line. They get three. They're within one possession once again. It's 19-12 with 5.49 left in the fourth. The Ticats unfortunately go two and out and punt. Calgary begins at their 46 with 425 left in the quarter or in the game. Calgary goes two and out and it's Ticats ball at the Calgary 50 after another huge return from McAllister. This guy's on fire. Butler with a nice run for a first down inside the 35 at the three minute warning. Butler with another first down run grinding down the clock to under two minutes. And this was an encouraging thing to see, you know, good teams put away other teams late in games by running the ball <laughs> and chewing up clock, and this is exactly what the Hamilton Tiger Cats did in this fourth quarter. Hamilton kicks the field goal to make it a two-possession game again. It's 22-12 to with 119 left in the game. Calgary marches into field goal range. They kick a field goal with 29 seconds left of the clock. The, the thought being that, hey, we have to get a field goal anyways. Let's just take it now, try the onside kick, and, and go for the touchdown, maybe tie up the game with seconds left on the clock. That did not happen for the Stampeders. Fortunately, their onside kick fails. Ticats ball with 27 seconds left in the game. And that's all she wrote. The Ticats win 22-15. to A huge win for the Tiger Cats. Now, 
still no Josh. Let's get into let's get into some of the positional battles. You know the positional rankings and how we felt about individual players and such. Let's start with you know this interesting happening at the quarterback position tonight. Uh, I didn't. You know, to my knowledge, and no one mentioned it, Powell was just pulled. He wasn't injured or anything like that. Schiltz was brought into the game, I believe, late in the first quarter for his first play. Um, uh, Shortly after that, he gets the bomb to Tim White, and then they just rolled with him, I think. Uh, You know, Schiltz was, was good. He wasn't great. If we take a look at his numbers, he was 11 of 19 for 225 yards, two touchdowns, uh, and an interception and a long of, of 70 yards, which was to Tim White, of course, early on in the game. You know, Schultz is a guy that can look incredible on one drive or incredible on one play and then look like the shits on the next play. He's kind of an up and down kind of guy, but he did enough tonight and the coaching staff was rolling with him. He did enough. He ends. He adds a little bit of that dynamic of he can run the ball, right? So maybe that helps out the run game, like the Trey Ford effect at Edmonton that you're seeing. The, their, their run per average, I think, is around 6.2 yards per game. And that's in big part to Trey Ford being a threat in the run game. And that helps uh, Kevin Brown run the ball as well. So the, the, both of those guys are racking up huge numbers. And I think that's what you saw tonight from uh, from Matthew Schiltz and James Butler. You know, Matthew Schiltz ends up with three carries for 30 yards. And Butler has 92 yards on the ground. So I think it adds a different dynamic that Taylor Powell doesn't necessarily add to this offense. You know, Taylor Powell can run the ball when necessary, uh, but he's not he's not considered a fast runner or anything like that. Matthew Schultz is a threat throwing the ball and running the ball. And that being said, uh, you know, I'm high on Taylor Powell as well. I don't know what they're going to do going forward. My assumption would be that they're going to roll with Matthew Schultz in this next game, but you never know. Taylor Powell has been great since he's been in there. So we, we have a good problem. And then, you know, on the horizon, you have Bo Levi Mitchell maybe coming back into the fold. So we have three quarterbacks that we're pretty high on. And I guess that's a good thing. Um, you know, going into the playoffs, you might need more than more than one quarterback. So if one falters, the other one can come in and we can rely on both of these guys or all three of these guys. If Bo Levi Mitchell comes back and plays worth a damn, you know, he didn't play worth a damn early on in the season, but maybe this time off has uh, given him a chance to sit back, look at this offense, and maybe he can be a star, you know, in the playoffs. But that we'll, 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 we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Now I touched on Butler a little bit. Let's just take a peek, see if Josh is around. Nope, no Josh. Still, that's all right. That's all right. Let's just keep rolling. Let's talk about the receivers a little bit. Another huge game from Tim White. He had uh, only three receptions on the night by 96 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Very good performance from him. Let's see here. The the second leading receiver was Keandre Smith. You know, after that monster game last week, Keandre Smith has another pretty decent game. You know, you're not going to duplicate, you know, 150 50 plus yards like last week, but three receptions for 56 yards, um, an average of 18.7 yards per catch and a long of 45. And then Terry Godwin, you know, with only one reception for 28 yards, but that one reception was in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. So I like what he's contributing to the team, especially in the second half of the season, like I mentioned earlier. Omar Bayless, two receptions for 27 yards. He had a big first down in this game. So, you know, a a good young receiver that can miss 
make defenders miss in the open field, which is nice to see. And then Tyreek McAllister contributing with one catch and 22 yards in this game, along with his massive game returning the ball, which we'll get into here shortly. All right, so we touched on Butler. The offensive line, I thought the offensive line played pretty decent tonight. Um, you know, the run game was effective. Uh, Schiltz and Powell both had time in the backfield. So in the pocket, I felt like the O-line had a definite improvement over their performance last week against Toronto. And obviously you're going to have that, you know, going against against a D-line like Toronto, their tops in the league, there's no doubting it. Going from that to the Calgary Stampeders, who are okay on, along the defensive line, but but not nothing compared to the Toronto Argonauts. So um, a bounce back game from them. Let's let's hope we can get some guys back from injury, like Figueroa coming, you know, going into the playoffs. And uh, you know, I really like this offensive line when we're healthy. Even when we're not, there's still reliable guys like Riley. Uh, at the tackle position, and then Murray coming back from the NFL. Even if Figueroa doesn't necessarily come back, you know I feel pretty comfortable with those tackles, and I feel I feel pretty comfortable with the interior of this offensive line. I think it's a, a strong point of this team. So I thought overall the offensive line played pretty well. Now the D line, that was you know the defensive line, as I touched on earlier, was uh, going into the season was supposed to be one of the best position groups on this team. And it just hasn't panned out that way, whether it be injuries like to Dylan Wynn or Jagarit Davis, who we brought back in the off season or guys like Botang that we brought in that never played for us. Um, you know, we signed Davis free agent from Montreal. He made an impact in this game, which is great to see. And I thought Jagarit Davis played a really good game, really good game as well. Uh, the first time this season, you're actually seeing pressure from him. You know, it looks like he's actually healthy again. And maybe down the stretch here, we can get a good rotation, uh, bringing in Davis and, uh, you know, he can get some pressure off the outside. You know, you thought he was a lost cause this season uh, with the the attempted, you know, trade to Calgary that didn't work out. He comes back to the team and you think, oh, this can't work out. Now he's back in, you know, playing on the field. May not be in the starting lineup, but he's he's a rotation guy now. And if he can help, you know, awesome. I thought the interior of the defensive line was really good tonight as well. Sales did a great job. You know, they were really, you know, getting pressure up the middle and also stuffing the run. So the defense as a whole, you know, you know let's take a look at some of these numbers on the Calgary side. Uh, the rushing attack was, wasn't effective for the Calgary Stampeders. Diedrich Mills was held to 47 yards. Kadeem Carey was held to 39 yards. I think as a total, they were <clears throat> held to under 100 yards rushing oh, so from guys that can be very effective in the running game. Kadeem, Kadeem Carey has, was considered last year the best running back in the league, and uh, Diedrich Mills is a fast guy as well who can you know do his job very effectively, and they shut them down really well tonight. Jake Mayer. 26 to 44 for 239 yards. Uh, you know, that, that's a bunch of empty calories for me. I can't believe that this guy leads the league in passing yards. It's just so ineffective. You know, they're not putting points up on the board. You know, that's why they're not in the playoffs this year. It doesn't matter if Jake Mayer is throwing, you know, 250 to 300 yards a game if you aren't putting points on the board and winning games. So uh, Jake Mayer just averaged tonight at best. Um, 
you know, the secondary is always a question mark for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, but I thought they played pretty well overall tonight. Um, you know, there was, it wasn't perfect. Okay. It's never going to be perfect with these guys. Um, the, obviously the secondary is a weak spot on this team, but you know, it holds the Calgary Stampeders. I know that they're your bottom feeders this year, but you know, holding them to 15 points is still an accomplishment. They're still a pro team. They're still in this league and they can beat anyone on any, any single day. So um, I thought the defense was, was pretty darn good tonight, especially the defense defensive line. It's so, so encouraging to see these guys get pressure on the quarterbacks. All right, let's get into some special teams talk. I thought the cover units tonight were, were awesome. Um, you know, I don't recall a big hefty return from the Calgary Stampeders. I feel like we, we held the returners in check all night. Um, Flowers Lloyd continues to show why he's the best, you know, special teams player. One of the best special teams player in the, in the league, it, you know, you know, maybe he's not the special teams player of the year, but he's damn good cover guy. And I think in the future, you're going to see him jump. If it's not on the tie cats, he's going to be a starting linebacker somewhere or a starting DB, whatever his regular position is. Cause he's giving full effort every single game. And it's showing up on the stat sheet when it comes to special teams tackles. McAllister, another great game in the returns. You know, he didn't want to bring, bring one back to the house tonight, but spectacular night. You know, giving us good field position is huge. The Hamilton Tiger Cats need that, especially with, you know, these young quarterbacks. I know Schultz isn't exactly young. He's been in the league now, but he's been a career backup. You know what I mean? So to get the ball at the 50-yard line or inside Calgary territory, is a huge thing for this team. You know, they need that quote-unquote complimentary football, and I thought all three phases played pretty good tonight. Leggio, another strong outing except for the extra point miss. You know, what can you say? It's just he misses extra points. He makes field goals. He misses extra points. That's just something you're going to have to live with and, um, you know, miss the occasional extra point. I can forgive that. He's making the threes. The threes are more important than the ones. So I'm not worried about Legio. All right. Let's get in to some Twitter questions here. I just got to pull it up. Thanks for everyone who's uh, stuck with me, even though I don't have my trusty sidekick, sidekick here, Josh Smith. Unfortunately, his power was out when he got home. And... Um, he couldn't make it here tonight. He was trying to. He said he'd jump in if he could, but uh, hasn't appeared yet. So uh, it's just me. My apologies. All right. Let's see what we got from the Twitter machine. Oh, wait, let's just go to the home page here. Uh, da, da, da. But overall, man, like I, I just, you know, everybody, it's just nice to get that win secure the uh the playoffs you know seven and eight obviously it's not the season we expected but we're in the dance now and we're we have a shot uh, if we can beat montreal you know whether it be at home whether it be in montreal you know we got a shot and then it, once we face if we get to the toronto argonauts you know i don't want to jump ahead of myself here obviously the toronto argonauts is they're they're juggernaut this year Offensively, defensively, special teams, they've dominated up front. The offensive line for them has allowed 
a very small amount of sacks. Their running game is very strong. Their defensive line is very strong. Their defensive as a whole is very strong. So even if we beat Montreal, we're going to have a very tough test, to say the least. I mean, we obviously, Mike, obviously we've lost to this this team four times this year. Obviously, it's going to be a tough test. But you know what's harder than beating a team four times? Beating a team five times. So let's see what happens here. We're in the playoffs, and let's let's see what happens. All right, from Sean Devoit. Butler just dominates when the game is close, killing the clock and battling for yards. Guy's a leader and wants to win. I totally agree with you, Sean. I mean, this guy, I was just saying, you know, good teams are able to grind out the clock in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter. And that's exactly what they did. You know, they didn't grind it completely down, but they brought it within, you know, less than two minutes. And then they kicked the field goal to make it a two possession game. And that was it. That, that was game over. So, I totally agree from Surly Hamiltonian. Should re- should release Bo Levi Mitchell in the offseason. Not worth the 500k cap hit. <sighs> yeah, man. Like that's a that's a tough one. I I kind of had a little outburst on the podcast this week because I'm just so frustrated with, you know, we bring in Bo Levi Mitchell. He's supposed to be the guy that takes us to the next level, and he's just He's he got injured early in the season. He was on the sixth game list. And then we all know what happened when he came back in that first game. The Bozo decision to have him plunge forward on uh, you know, we had the game one. All we had to do was kneel it down. I get it, we were at the one yard line. But you know, it, it doesn't even matter because Bo Levi Mitchell shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. It should have been the backup quarterback, you know, Powell or or Kay Loxley, whoever was there should have been in for that play. It doesn't make any sense, but I you know. I'm going back in time. I don't need to talk about that. It, it, it all depends. If Bo Levi Mitchell comes back and lights the world on fire, like see, he comes back with two games left. He has a very strong two games. It all depends what happens in the playoffs. If Bo Levi Mitchell takes us to the Grey Cup, you know, I think there's going to be a strong consideration to bring him back. You know, you got, you know, why wouldn't you? I think he signed to a three-year deal. But yeah, it all depends on how he plays when he comes back. If he comes back this season, uh, we're not sure on the status of him right now because the team likes to keep everything shush, you know, hush hush when it comes to injuries. He's been like that for years. But you know, I've heard that he's throwing now, and he, you know, not necessarily in pads. But if you want the down low on what's happening to him, you should subscribe to the Patreon. Josh is at practice, you know, almost every day of the week. He does his own show to tell you guys what's up. And what's going on who's injured who's back at practice all that good stuff but yeah man certainly hamiltonian that's a question for management they're gonna have to make a hard decision because if you roll with powell i mean obviously there's a much less cap hit you're gonna take with that salary and you can spend it otherwhere other places right so that's gonna be a question they're gonna have to ask themselves in the off season there's no doubt about it from jared Breyer. Sitting at the game, I had no idea why they benched Powell. Not complaining, just confused. D did a great job just shutting down the deep pass, containing Mare, and making them settle for three. Butler remains the star of this team. Receiving corpse is really shaping up. Yeah, I was scratching my head as well, sitting at home even. You know, I thought it was just a one-off kind of deal, but she stayed in there the whole time, and I agree with you that the defense did a great job. You know, there was no passing it over the top tonight. They shut down the run game. You know, they made Mare look like Mare. Mediocre Mare. You know, that's what he is. 
He's not terrible. He's not good. He's just mediocre. From Adam Stalker, our buddy Adam, I would start Powell next week with Schiltz as an insurance policy and have another quick hook, but I think O will start Schiltz. Yeah, I I don't mind that idea either, Adam. I wouldn't mind Powell starting again, and then if it's not working out, pull him for Schiltz. Um, but I, I also do agree with you that I think Coach O is going to go with Schiltz. Schiltz was the backup guy at the start of the year. Schiltz was you know, paid handsomely, I'm sure, to be in that backup position. And maybe they have a little more confidence in Schiltz than they do Powell. That being said, like I don't think Schiltz lit the world on fire tonight by any stretch of the imagination. And I think Powell has had better performances in his time being the starting quarterback with all these injuries. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who's the starting quarterback come next week. From Habcat, Jeff Habcat. Tackling, catching, and discipline are still major problems, but a good win regardless. Hope they play a little better versus the Riders next week. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to see some steady, you know, progression. Uh, if they have another strong game on defense, if they have another strong game rushing the quarterback, getting to that young Jake Dolagala guy, um, I think they'll have success again. I have predicted that they've gonna, they're going to go on a four-game winning streak here. And, you know, you can point and laugh if you're not a Ticat, even if you are a Ticat fan, and say, ah, that's not going to happen. I think we have a legit shot of making that happen. You know, if we play well, if the defense is up to par that they were in this game, you know, the offense doesn't have to be spectacular. They just have to be good enough to put up some points. And I think they are. We might be getting more healthy as we go along here as well, getting some guys back along the offensive line. You know, maybe a quarterback. Who knows? But we got a shot. We got a shot. From Jim Martin. Oh, and scissor me, daddy ass appears. Oh, Jimmy, you're a great guy. Uh, from Tiger Sammy. To the Calgary Stampeders, I say good riddance. Their playoff hopes are on a boulevard of broken dreams. I hope we do our research next week so we know your enemy. I may be the minority here, but I think we need to look. We need to look at the long view. American idiot. Yes. I see what you did there, Tiger Sammy. A lot of Green Day songs within that tweet. And it is nice to see the Calgary Sam Peters say goodbye to the playoffs, say good riddance to the playoffs, you might say. 20-year streak, I believe, for the Calgary Sam Peters. The Calgary Sam Peters finally fall back down to earth after years and years and years of them letting go of their best players to find guys that could, you know, plug and play. Guys that could step into a position and they wouldn't meet a beat. They would still be first in the West, second in the West, contending for a great cup championship. It finally bit them on the ass and I'm loving every second of it. From John, JMAC0107. Lots of positives tonight. Number 35 just has the it factor when he touches the ball. Number 18 sparked the offense. The D was good, like the compete in number 22 in the D backfield. One of the better performances. And number nine is a legit. And number nine is legit the heartbeat. I agree, John. I mean, the defense was really good tonight. There's no doubt about it. Against a lackluster opponent, I must say. But, you know, a win's a win. We just need wins now. We're seven and eight. Let's crawl up to uh, 
Let's make it 10 and 8. Let's make it a winning season. After a complete shit show of a start to the season, let's turn this thing around and be a winning team going into the playoffs. How about it? From Jim Martin again. Also, an update on Ternowski. Looked like the third and fourth shorter dislocation this afternoon. Ah, that's a tough break for Ternowski. You know, he just came back from injury, and it looks like he's injured again. I'm hoping the best for him. From Strange Breed. Finest game of flag football I've ever seen. That judge character is a great heel. I really hope he gets a push. Uh, winky face. Uh, yes, a, a wrestling reference as uh, we get a lot of on Podsky Wee Wee. But yeah, Cam Judge, not a big fan. Kind of a douchebag. Kind of a cheap shot artist. That was not cool tonight. From Black and Gold. The Ticats defense held Argos to 13 points last week. And Calgary to 15 this week. Playing really well. Ticat special teams were solid. Great coverage and great returns. Huge difference in the game. Offense sputters again. Did enough to win, but barely. Uh, yeah, I agree with the defensive comment. Absolutely. The special teams were amazing tonight. McAllister doing his thing once again. A great return guy. And we just keep finding him, don't we? It's just like year after year, we bring in a new return guy and he does his thing and he's impressive. And, you know, McAllister is a guy who's been getting on the offensive side of the ball. And I would like that to continue. This is a guy who has speed for days. This is a guy that can get open maybe down the field for a deep shot or two. So this could be our hidden weapon going into the playoffs type of thing on offense. Uh, the offense butters again. Yep. Yep. It did. Especially in that third quarter. They look bad in the third quarter. Uh, Schultz kind of fell off the map there. You know, and Schultz, not necessarily a great game from him. He hit some deep shots, and he made the plays when he needed to, and he ran when he needed to. So it wasn't a great performance, but overall, good enough. So in the future, yeah, we don't want to see that. that's the offense sputters. You're going to see an offense sputter. You know, you see it with the Toronto Argonauts. Even the Toronto Argonauts have sputters. They come out blazing hot, it seems, in every game. But then in the second and third, they kind of, you know, they just kind of putter along. And you can get close. But then once you get close, they kind of put the nail in the coffin. So you don't want to see those sputters, especially for a whole quarter like the Ticats did tonight. From Adam Stalker, again, defense was excellent. Sales and Jagaird were monsters. T-cat, uh, T-cats. The Ticats benefited from a blown call, snapping the ball early. What does Command Center do if they don't correct that? Schultz's performance is going to be overrated because he hit four deep balls. Outside of those, he's just okay. Yeah, that that uh, like I said earlier, that weird play with the blown call and the snapping the ball, and nobody was really playing except for you know a couple players on the Tie Cats and maybe one DB because he was chasing chasing down Smith. He was behind him, and Smith made the catch, but he was at least he was you know he was active. He was chasing down the guy, but the offensive and defensive lines kind of just went, huh? Eh? They didn't even move. They're kind of looking at each other like the play was dead. So a very strange play. Um, but, you know, I'll take it. I don't care. We made a huge gain on that play. So, yeah, they messed up, and maybe the command center should have overturned the play, but what can you do? The Ticats benefited, so it's all good with me. 
I agree with you, Adam, that the, you know, Schultz's performance is going to be a little bit overrated because he hit those deep balls, but I don't know. He got the win, so we'll see what they do going forward. I know Adam's a big Taylor Powell backer, and, you know, I'm with him on that. I like Taylor Powell as well. It's going to, like I said, it's going to be an interesting decision to see who the starting quarterback is in the next game. From our old buddy Jim Martin, the last one of the night. Uh, great game. Love to see Schultz come in and get the W. We let them hang around a little too long, but we're able to put them away in the end. Kept them out of the end zone. Also loved all the Green Day on the PA after the announcement. Even though it means I'm old. Well, Jim, that means I'm old too. I was obsessed with Dookie. Uh, when Green Day released Dookie in 94, I believe I was nine years old. I bought it on cassette. I played it till my ears fell off. It was my introdu- introduction to punk rock. And uh, I've been listening to punk rock ever since. Not exactly following Green Day along. I think the last record I really got into was Nimrod. And I and I dabbled in um, American Idiot. I thought that was a pretty good album. But, you know, Dookie, Insomniac, Nimrod were the top three for me uh, when they were at their peak, in my opinion. So I think it's a great get by the CFL. They're, you know, you know, we're not... They're not a young rock band, but they're a big rock band. They're a big name, so uh, good on them for getting a, a big act for the Grey Cup. It's going to be a pretty good show, I'm, I'm assuming. So uh, thanks for everyone for uh, tagging along with me. It's been, uh, you know, I was a bit nervous coming into this, doing the show by myself, because Josh wasn't able to to hook up with us tonight after his, his power was out when he got home, but it's all good. We got through it okay. Hopefully I did an okay job. And I appreciate everyone hanging around and, uh, you know, talking about the tie Cats with me. So for, uh, for Podsky Wee Wee, I'm Mike Graham. Eat them raw.